Now, as you know, over the 10 days or so between Ascension, which was on the 25th of May, and Pentecost, which is on the 4th of June, we're joining, as Neil mentioned before, the churches all around the world to pray, Thy Kingdom Come. Thy Kingdom Come is a global prayer movement which invites Christians around the world to pray for more people to come and know Jesus Christ. And that as we pray, thy kingdom come, we are all committing to playing our part in the renewal of the nations and the transformation of our communities. And so this morning, I want us to take a look at the model of prayer that Jesus taught us. I want us to take a look at the way Jesus taught the disciples to pray. I want us to look deeply at the Lord's Prayer. So why, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Matthew 6. I'm going to start in verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like that of hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like uh, pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, this, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from e- the evil one. So, Lord, we give you this morning... We give you this wonderful prayer, Lord. Breathe upon us afresh as we look into this fantastic prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. The more familiar version we all know from school, we find in the 1662 Book of Common Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think it was um, Archbishop Rowan Williams who said, if somebody said, give me a summary of the Christian faith on the back of an envelope, the best thing to do would be to write out the Lord's Prayer. The prayer as a whole tells us we stand in a vulnerable place. We stand in the middle of a human world where God's will is not the most automatic thing that people do. Where crisis faces us, where uncertainty is all around and where evil is powerfully at work. And to stand with dignity and freedom in a world like that, we need to know that God is our Father. 
We need to know that whatever happens to us, God is God. So the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that is utterly serious about the danger and the tragedy of the world. Rome William also writes, every single bit of the Lord's Prayer is radical because every single bit of it challenges our assumptions about who we are and who God is and what the world is like. And what we're praying for, he goes on, again, this is something we forget. What we're praying for is the most revolutionary change you can imagine in the world we live in. A change, to change a situation where what God wants can happen, to a situation where all the hungry are fed, to a situation where forgiveness is the first imperative in all our relationships. And as we all well know, that's not exactly like the world we inhabit at the moment. And so if radical means looking for change from the roots up, then yes, the Lord's Prayer is radical. Now, if we take the Lord's Prayer bit by bit, which we're going to do this morning, there's probably not a great deal that you wouldn't find somewhere in the Old Testament or the Jewish prayers. But what's absolutely unique about it is that it begins simply with our Father. Nothing else, nothing more elaborate, nothing more grand, but just that address as to the Father of the family. Because this is the prayer of God's family. This is the prayer which we call out to God in the most intimate terms, not telling him how not telling him how wonderful he is, not groveling in any way before him, but just coming before him with complete confidence. And so the prayer begins with our Father. Prayer begins with worship. Jesus addresses his prayers to his Father calling him father 70 times the only time he doesn't call him father is when he's on the cross and he's crying out my god my god why have you forsaken me as he carried the sin of the world only then was jesus separated from the father and this word father indicates that we are to have a childlike trust in our heavenly father who not only hears us but longs to hear the things we are praying for. And the more we know about the Heavenly Father, the more we readily leap into his lap and into the arms of prayer. Spending time in his presence, getting to know the Father. Romans 8, verse 15 to 17 says this, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs with Christ. We are to come to him with, without fear of retribution or shame. He wants us to step boldly into his presence, to run to him as would a child, to be free to adore him. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Having seen God as our Father, Jesus now calls us to see him as holy. Hallowed be your name. 
God's nature may be like that of a daddy, but his name is holy. And hallowed carries with it two basic ideas in the original. The first is to make an ordinary thing extraordinary by bringing it into contact with something extraordinary. 1 Peter 1.16 says this, Be holy because I am holy. We who are ordinary become extraordinary by coming into contact with he who is extraordinary. We who are unholy become holy by coming into contact with he who is holiness. The second meaning of hallowed is to hold God's matchless being in such awe and veneration that we believe what he says, that we will obey him and come with adoration. In Isaiah 6, we see that God is holy, holy, holy. And so let us approach him with holy reverence. He is God. He created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He is our heavenly father and the powerful God who created the world. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Then the prayer moves to intercession. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we are saying, Almighty Father, take control of our lives and do your will for your glory. We're not asking God to do our will. We're asking God to do his. It's a very powerful thing and an incredible biblical reality that human will, when fully submitted to God, works in partnership with God's will. God designed the world to work that way. Our choices make a difference. We all know we have choices. And it is an incredible honor that we get to pray this prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we pray, we get to partner with God in him establishing his kingdom, his rule, his reign in our lives and in the lives around us. To pray your kingdom come is to pray that God would take up residence in the hearts and lives for those who do not know him. It's a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of salvation. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A few weeks ago, Neil was talking about the kingdom of God and an inaugurated eschatology of how both the presence and the future of God's kingdom were hallmarks of Jesus' public career. According to the theologian N.T. Wright, the presence of the kingdom meant that God's anointed Messiah was here, was at work, that he was, in fact, accomplishing, as events soon took place would show, the sovereign and the saving rule of God. The future of the kingdom was the time when justice and peace would embrace one another and the whole world as so for us to pray, your kingdom come 
at Jesus' bidding means to align ourselves with his kingdom movement and to seek God's power in furthering its ultimate fulfillment. It means adding our own prayers to Jesus' mission and mandate. It means celebrating in the presence of God the fact that the kingdom was already breaking in and looking eagerly for its consummation. N.T. Wright goes on to say, from the centrality of the kingdom in his public proclamation and the centrality of prayer in his private practice, we must conclude that this kingdom prayer grew directly out of echo Jesus' own regular praying. And now we reach the midway point of the prayer, and where the first half of the prayer is all about God, it's Godward and God-focused. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now the second half focuses on the believer. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer of petition. Petition is asking God for things we need. When God is given his rightful place, it's then we can have a proper perspective of ourselves. This magnificent section covers a whole being, our whole being, body, soul, and spirit. The Lord's Prayer is becoming personal. Give us each day our daily bread. This relates to our bodies. We need to trust God that our daily bread will be met. Like manna that comes daily, God provides daily. Day by day, day after day, pray to him, talk with him, tell him your needs, open your heart before him, ask him for help. Just keep it simple. Just keep it real and just keep praying. Keep the door open and keep that connection. In Mark 10, Bartimaeus was a blind man who begged on the streets of Jericho. He cried out to Jesus, Son of man, he said, have mercy on me. Jesus said, call him. What do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, he said, I want to see. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep on praying. What do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, I want to see. And if we look just slightly down from the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, we read, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And it's all on the present continuous, which means keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Remember this is God's world, God's will, and God's way. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep on praying. In other words, persevere, press in, Hold on and keep going.
Paul writes in Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Give us each day our daily bread. Moving on, if daily bread feeds our bodies, forgiveness of sins speaks to the soul. Forgive us our sins. Another way it's written is forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. Forgiveness of sin is the greatest need of the human heart. And forgive us our trespasses is in, it, in, in some ways the hardest bit of the laws to pray because it tells us straight away that to pray is also to be willing to change. It reminds us that our own ability to forgive comes only from the fact that we're aware of God's forgiveness of us. And that, and that unless that reality sinks in, then we shan't be able to forgive. Jesus immediately says that we need to forgive others. What he's saying here is that we can't ask God to give us what we're not willing to give other people. And just as we're talking about forgiveness, is there anyone that comes to mind right now? Ask the Lord. Are all your relationships in order? Do you need to forgive someone? Does someone need to forgive us? This is such a powerful part of our walk with the Lord. It can't be ignored or brushed under the carpet. It brings us freedom and life to the full. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And so now we come to the last part of learning to pray the Lord's way. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The protection part of the prayer, if, give, if gives us bread, deals with our body. Forgive us our sins, deals with the soul. And lead us not into temptation, deals with our spirits. We are all faced with temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to us all. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Lead us not into temptation. Ask God to lead us away from temptation. And when we come face to face with the enticement of sin, look for the way out. And it's a and it's good prayer to pray because of each one of us, there are times of crisis when we discover what we're made of. And sometimes it's not very pleasant when we realize we're not up to it. So it's worthwhile praying to God, give us what we need to face crisis when it comes. And finally comes the doxology. The prayer closes with worship. The prayer ends with adoration. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. It has been prayed around the world for thousands of years. It is one of the most powerful prayers of all time. 
There is significance and power in these words, which we must never get immune to, but are to continuously pray. So why don't you stand right now and we'll pray it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Why don't you remain standing? If we can have the band back. We're just going to finally end with another time of prayer. But this time, we're going to pray looking into the future. We have elections coming. There are many events happening in the United Kingdom over the summer. We have generations of children to pray for. We have the summer months to pray for, going into September. We are kingdom people. We believe in the resurrection of Christ Jesus. We believe that God sent his only son to die on the cross so that we could have life to the full. To the full, where there is no fear, no shame. We are to take hold of who we are in Christ. We are to live as human people. We are to wake up in the morning and say, come Holy Spirit, breathe upon me afresh. We are to extend our hands to the broken and the lonely and afraid. We're to extend our hands to the to people who need the healing of Christ. We are kingdom people. We are to serve one another as such, shoulder to shoulder, love one another truly. We are to love one another as Jesus loves us. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is saying, come and see the Father as I see him. Come and stand as I pray to the Father. If you see Jesus, you see the Father. But God, Jesus, at that time when the disciples are saying, I want to know how to pray. So Jesus says, I will show you how to pray. Let me show you who truly the Father is. And I am telling you now that this God we know, this God we trust, this God we put our lives in, this God whom we serve, there is nothing evil or false or desperate in him. He is who he says he is. And heaven will come on earth. But we need to pray again. 
We need to set our hearts on the Lord. And we need to pray with joyful hearts and resounding hearts together. We need to stand firm and celebrate who he is and celebrate life to the full. So I'm going to pray for you and then you're going to pray for the the United Kingdom and anything that comes to mind in your groups that you prayed for before. So Lord, breathe upon us afresh this morning. Breathe upon United Kingdom. Breathe upon all the Christians gathering and non-Christians gathering in places all around the world, Lord. Breathe upon them, Lord, by your mighty breath. We pray, Lord, that heaven will come on earth. We pray like Moses went up to Mount Sinai and heaven did come on earth and you gave him the Ten Commandments. We pray for that significant, most powerful meeting with each person here and across the United Kingdom and across the world. That they would see you face to face how you are supposed to be seen. Nothing less Nothing more, just how you are supposed to be seen, Lord. Breathe upon us, Lord, with your mighty breath. For you are our God and we are your people. And we humbly come in alignment with you, Lord God. And we humbly serve you, Lord. And we humbly seek you daily. Give us our daily bread, Lord. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.